Hello and welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Danielle Moore Casey and we are delighted to have you worshiping with us today. Just a few announcements and reminders before we begin. As always, we continue to gather prayer requests, so get those into us so that we can include them in our Sunday service. We also thank you for the ways that you are supporting our ministry through snail mail, envelopes, or online giving. Also this week, you should have received information about our Forming Faith from Roots to Fruit campaign for the new year. We encourage you to read the letter and look at our pictures, complete that commitment card, and return it to us here at church, or go online to renew your commitment for this year. On that note, we have a special temple talk today from our own Jonas Elwanger with his own miraculous story of how his faith has grown through his life and ministry here at Triumphant Love. And you'll notice behind the altar today, our tree is growing new fruits, as we hope you will be doing in this new year. And now let us turn to our confession and forgiveness as we begin our service. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who sends us out to bear good fruit. Amen. Holy One, we, we confess, confess that, that we are, are not awake, awake for, for you. you. We are we not, not faithful in using your gifts. gifts. We, we forget, forget the least of our siblings. siblings. We, we do, do not see your beautiful image in one another. We are infected by sin that divides your beloved community. Open our hearts to your coming. Open our eyes to see you in our neighbor. Open our hands to serve your creation. Amen. Beloved, we are God's children, and Jesus, our beloved, opens the door to us. Through Jesus, you are forgiven. By Jesus, you are welcome. In Jesus, you are called to rejoice. Let us live in the promises prepared for us from the foundation of the world. Amen. We sing.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God of justice and love, you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need and awaken us to the needs of others. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I now invite our young people to gather around to join Deacon Bree for a children's message. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm here for, to, with you guys this morning, and we're going to talk about taking a journey. So um, when you guys go on a journey or a trip or maybe even an adventure in your backyard or in the creek or uh, in the park near your house or with your mom and dad when you're out um, on a hike or camping, I want you to think about what you might pack to be ready for that adventure. So I went over to the playground this morning and I packed myself a little kit, right? So let's look at some of the things that I've got in my basket. I've got a snack, right? I've got some bread and I've got some grapes. This is good, right? Fruit and bread, that's a really great snack. Um, I've got a little bit of water in case I get thirsty on my journey so I'm hydrated and I'm all carved up. And then um, I also packed a little bit of money you know, you never know. There might be a time for souvenirs or uh, maybe candy. I don't know if you guys like road candy as much as I do, like when you're on, a, you're on the road and you're taking a journey and you get to go to Bucky's, right? Um, and then I've got my uh, basket or my backpack or however you pack it all in, right? So you might put your water bottle in there. You might put some snacks. Maybe you take your favorite toy. I want you to think about what you might pack your backpack with. In today's story with Jesus, um, he tells a story about um, bridesmaids who are waiting for a wedding to begin. So back in the day, a wedding started with these really intricate rituals. Instead of everybody just coming to a church and that's the first time they see the bride and the groom, what would happen is they'd have a big party first and then the ceremony later. So the bridesmaids uh, would go out and they would meet the groom and they would bring him in to the feast, the big party. And there was this big announcement and he would be traveling and people would say, the groom is coming, the groom is coming, and then they would attend him. Now, people didn't live close to each other and there's no such thing as cars. So what would happen is um, the groom would walk and sometimes it would take a lot of time and you, wouldn't, you would know that he had left, but you may not know when he was going to arrive. So in today's story, what happens is there's 10 bridesmaids, and they're waiting for the groom to arrive. Now, five of the bridesmaids packed um, just enough oil for their lamps. They didn't have flashlights back then, so they packed plenty of oil just in case he came in the middle of the night. They wanted to be able to see him and light his way, and the other five didn't pack anything. Now, as the groom comes in and is announced, the five who didn't have anything packed for the journey at all 
said, oh no, share some of your oil with us. And the five who had oil said, but then we won't have enough oil to get the groom back to the, the uh, party, so why don't you go out to the store and buy some oil for yourself? Now while the five go and buy oil, the groom comes. The five who had their backpacks packed well escort the groom into the party and they shut the door. And when the five show up, they say, let us into the party, and they say, well, it's already started, you might as well just go home. Now, what's hard about this is you would say, like, why wouldn't they share? Why didn't they just open the doors? And I actually don't have the answers to that question, those questions for you. But what I do have is the question, a question back to you to ask, what can we have that helps us be ready for when God shows up in our life? Do we need snacks and water and money just in case and a really well-packed made backpack just so that we're ready for any adventure? Or do we need things like compassion and love and, and grace to share with friends as they come into our lives? Maybe we just need uh, an open heart and mind so that we can see God. Um, it would be neat if we could make some goggles, like we'd just pack goggles and then we'd put the goggles on and we could see God easy peasy. But what I hear in this story about the five bride, bridesmaids who are ready and the five bridesmaids who weren't is sometimes it takes a little bit of effort on our part to see God in our lives, to be ready and open to how God arrives because we don't know when that's going to be. It could be any time, and it probably will be at the least expected moment in our day. So as you wake up each morning, this is my charge to you, as you wake up each morning, I want you to put something in your backpack or in your pocket or next to your computer or your iPad that reminds you to be open to God. It could be something that was given to you at your baptism. It could be something in your house that you always think of. It could be a drawing that was made for you or that you made. Something that reminds you to be open to God so that as you go out through your school day, you're eating lunch with your parents, you're going to visit your grandparents or whatever the day might take you to, you remember that to be like the five bridesmaids who packed plenty of oil to light the way for God, that you remember to be open, that God will show up, will show up at any point in time during your day. So that's my request to you. So with that in mind, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Help us to be open to you, no matter when you show up. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, well, thanks so much for joining me this morning, and now we're going to transition into the readings, and if you listen close, you can hear that story that I just told from Matthew. A reading from the prophet Amos. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by the, a snake. It is not the d day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it. I hate, I despise their festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melodies of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please ride for the reading of the gospel. gospel today comes from Matthew, starting in the 25th chapter and the first verse. 
Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten, ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for us and you. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went, in, went with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. not it's already almost advent or if your christmas tree is already up at your house or maybe you follow mariah carey on instagram and it's already advent in your heart the texts today certainly have quite a bit of an advent vibe there's a lot of waiting and darkness and just a dash of shock and confusion I do want to say that it was hard to write this sermon, and it will be hard to preach today because this has been already a very hard week, and for me, it's already just the beginning of it. While I already had some notes and thoughts about these texts, as I was watching the numbers on the, of the election on Tuesday, I was struck at just how divided our country continues to be and how afraid of each other we often are. I don't think I've ever seen splits so close on an election night across dozens of states. And all of this division was constantly throwing reports of the possibility of violence and fear of our neighbors stirring up unrest and anxiety. And all the while, this text about these divided bridesmaids kept popping into my mind. Half and half split just a lot of them. The parables that te Jesus teaches us are supposed to be hard. They are supposed to upset our ideas about how we think God works. A parable is not supposed to tell us something that we wish we could hear. A parable is supposed to challenge us. Challenge us. So this parable was never supposed to read, and then the bridegroom opened the door at the last minute, or the wise shared their oil. And we hate it. Because our faith becomes comfortable, where we don't really have to change much about how we interact with the world or our daily lives, and our faith reinforces it. But that's not what Jesus ever came to do. Jesus always challenges and upsets our comfort with the world around us. And we're so quick to judge who's good and who's bad in the stories that we hear, just like we do in the world around us. And that's really our original sin, right? That we think we can judge the goodness of a thing instead of trusting God's judgment about what is good and what is bad. So in these texts today, particularly Matthew and Amos, the world and God are crashing all over each other. These two massive powers in our life that we are beholden to, one a lion and the other a bear. Our expectations are so startlingly ignored in these texts. We think everyone will have open arms and a soft place to land because that's who God is. But both of the authors remind us that that is not all that we can expect from God. 
which is why today I'm going to talk about wholeness instead of division. And I want to ask you to stay open instead of closed. Now, wholeness in Scripture is actually what is so upsetting. Wholeness is what causes our world to tip upside down and feel unfair. Because wholeness is just that. It's whole. It considers tip to tail, end products, middle states. Wholeness takes no shortcuts, and wholeness plays absolutely no favorites. Which are all problems when the world is full of shortcuts and favorites. When the world thinks entirely about end products and really isn't too concerned about who is at the tail end of things. Wholeness can be upsetting because if you benefit from the order of the world at all, it will mess you up. If you think that you can just pop to the store real quick to buy some more oil for your lamp, wholeness is going to eat your breakfast and not feel sorry about it at all. When Paul said to not conform to this world, this is what he's talking about. The wholeness of God versus the organization of our world. So when I was a teenager, I was a delegate for our synod, the Texas-Louisiana Gulf Coast Synod, to go to this LYO board and help to write resolutions that would go on to our National Assembly. And if none of those words mean anything to you, don't worry too much about it because nothing works like this anymore. <laughs> At the time, I went to Atlanta with a few other people from the Texas-Louisiana Gulf Coast Synod and learned all about the global work that the church does. I heard sermons from top preachers, and I worked to create and draft recommendations to our church on how we, the young people, felt the church should be shaped. That trip was massively eye-opening for me in a number of ways, and I'm actually still in contact with every single one of my uh, fellow delegates. But there is one sermon that has absolutely never left my mind. One of the preachers there talked about the world and God, and God's ordering of things. He asked us if we thought that if Jesus came into the world today, what form do we think that God would send God's self to humanity? He said that to create a wholeness in the world of imbalance, God does not show up as the powerful and expected, but the powerless and unexpected. If Jesus, Jesus showed up today, we would not be ready, he said, because we would dismiss all the forms that Jesus showed up as because we would think they did not have value. Just like how the folks in the ancient world dismissed Jesus because he did not hold a form which they valued in the ordering of the ancient world. While you can trust that you hold value to God, and you can trust that your neighbor has value to God, and you can trust that that value is equal, our world is not set up that way, and we can feel it. We know which schools in our districts don't have as much, and we know which ones have excess. We know which neighborhoods are considered desirable and which ones are not. We have all kinds of assumptions and judgments about intelligence and worthiness of someone who thinks differently than we do. And we all have all kinds of bias against the poor or the rich or any other designation that you might think of. We wouldn't recognize Jesus today, not because Jesus would not show up, but because our expectations, which have been shaped by the world, would go unmet. And maybe doesn't, God does not care too much about our opinions as much as God cares about the wholeness of things. So that brings me to my first question. What form do you think Jesus would take if God came to earth as a person in 2020. Wholeness means that things in our world will change. Wholeness is good news for folks at the short end of the stick 
and terrible news to those who picked up that stick in the first place. Wholeness means that the hungry are fed, that the thirsty have water, that our tears are wiped dry, and our anxieties are comforted. But that can't happen while everything looks the way that it does out there. This is why Christians like are absolutely bananas people whom I love to be a part of. We jump up and down and sing happy songs about letting justice roll down like mighty waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Because we know that wholeness is better than this, even if it means some pain for us now. We know that God's judgment is better than ours, and so we trust in it even when fear swells up in our hearts. And we hope that maybe if we tune our hearts to the rhythm of God, we might recognize Jesus too. And like Paul said at the end of that text, then we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Which brings me to the last part that I was going to talk about, which is how do we stay open? Vulnerability is a really funny thing But it really is where the rubber hits the road, I think, for being a person. Can you have compassion without vulnerability? Relationships? Parent? Give gifts? I mean, can you do anything well at all without being a little vulnerable, without showing a little bit of who you truly are? Obviously, I don't think so, but maybe that's just a Deacon Breeism. So let's get back to those bridesmaids. It's so easy to look down on so many in this text for not sharing, for not packing more, for maybe not opening the doors. But remember that judgment is not ours to make. It's not for us to decide what is good and what is bad. And I want to make a bit of a case that the wise bridesmaids weren't wise because they were prepared like a scout, but they were wise because they were open to the bridegroom's arrival, no matter what time, no matter how inconvenient. God is showing up in your world, in our world, all the time. God's saving action is present in every atom and every moment in this concept of time that we call right now. I truly believe this. It's a guiding principle to my personal life, and I'm not always open to it, though. Sometimes I'm distracted. Sometimes I'm heartbroken. Sometimes I honestly just couldn't be bothered to look because I'd rather watch Netflix. This does not, however, change the presence of God in my life. The bridegroom is coming, whether I'm open to it or not. The wedding will take place, whether I have to pop out for just one more thing or I've got everything I need. Remember, when Jesus told one of the disciples, let the dead bury their own dead. Just after a request from one of his followers to bury his father real quick, before devoting his entire life to the ways of Jesus. It's this kind of energy. The wedding feast is going to happen. There is nothing in this world that can stop it, and how open to being there are you? Which brings me to my very last question for you today. What do you need to be open to God's arrival in your daily life? Wholeness and openness are concepts that are too vast for me to truly embody. It would be impossible. I can only constantly try to realign myself to them daily. They are like a cast resetting a broken bone or like braces that cost too much money except that they probably actually cost our whole way of life. We love the end result. We really hate the process. I should probably mention that I've never broken a bone and I've never had uh, braces, but everybody tells me that it's really terrible. (laughs) In order for me to be open to God's arrival, I will tell you that I need to let go of my expectations. They bind me up. I need to let go of the idea that somehow I can make a moment perfect because that's folly 
only God can make something good. I want to encourage you as your deacon that when you discover what it is that you need to be open to God today, tomorrow, right now, in the future, forever, pack a little extra maybe. Be wiser than the ten wise bridesmaids. Share if you can. And if you see Jesus, please, please, point him out to the rest of us. Amen. as you are, come to the place where God listens. Come and know that God hears our prayers. God of earth, heaven, and all that we see around us, help us to learn to live together and together with creation. May peace that is the fruit of justice touch every corner of the earth. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Open our eyes to see the pain and suffering around us. Open our ears to hear the cries of the oppressed. Open our mouths to be the voice for the voiceless. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Let justice flow like a river to those who have been denied it. Let peace and security be like a strong, wide tree to the outcast. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Election day is past, Lord. Grant all of us courage to go forward into the unknown future with kindness, empathy, grace, and compassion. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear the prayers of our hearts, Lord, the prayers of joy and concern we bring before you now. We lift up our prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our board of ministries as they continue to adapt. We pray for our country, that we would strive to find common ground where we can and work in unity in the months and years ahead. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for David, Maya, Tom, Myron, Joel, Carolyn, Suzanne, Byron, Jonathan, Barb, and Laurel, and for those in treatment for cancer, especially for Lene, Doug, Julie, Bob, and Barbara. We pray for those recovering from wildfires and hurricanes, and for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, especially for Michael and the loss of his father and for these things in our hearts and minds now. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Lord, prepare us for your coming as we wait in faithfulness and prayer. Keep the light of your love burning brightly within us 
that we may know your true joy with those around us. Amen. peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you today and throughout the week, especially this week, perhaps with those with whom you disagree or differ. Before we hear our Forming Faith from Roots to Fruit Temple Talk, a gentle reminder to complete and return your own commitment card as you make your plans for how you will grow your faith in our ministry this year. Hi, my name is Jonas Ellinger, and many of you know what happened to me this past November. I know you know because my parents told me how many of you prayed for me, sent things to the hospital, wrote cards, made dinners, made posters, I even got a pillow. I know this congregation came together to support my family and asked God for my healing. Just in case you don't know, on November 27th, 2019, I had a hemorrhagic stroke and I've had three brain surgeries and spent six weeks at Dell Children's. I lost my ability to read, walk, and talk from the stroke. In the first two weeks, I saw God. Before the stroke, I was in confirmation, but I didn't plan on being confirmed. I didn't want to be confirmed because I didn't believe in God. I've been going to church my entire life and had roots in our faith, but as I grew and learned more about the world, I started to doubt the possibility of God. But this experience affirmed that God is real, and his community of people's belief helped save my life. I know now that faith can be really amazing, or can do really amazing things if you give it a chance to grow. Thank you for praying for me and for supporting my faith my whole life. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. Let us pray. God of all goodness, generations have turned to you, gathered around your table, and shared your abundant blessings. Number us among them, that as we gather these gifts from your abundance and give thanks for your rich blessings, we may feast upon your very self and care for all that you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our sovereign and servant. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. 
And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God, our bread of life, our table, and our food. You created a world in which all might be satisfied by your abundance. You dined with Abraham and Sarah, promising them life, and fed your people Israel with manna from heaven. You sent your son to eat with sinners and to become the bread of life for the world. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. By your spirit, nurture and sustain us with this meal. Form our faith from roots to fruit. Form your people into one through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father, Father in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. name. Your, your kingdom, kingdom come, come. Your, your will be done, done on earth as in heaven. heaven. Give us today our daily bread. bread. Forgive us our sins. sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. As we gather around the table, a reminder that all are welcome here. Whether you have been here often or rarely, whether you have doubts or fears, whether you are red, blue, or purple, whether you have lost hope or know that it is always found here, you are welcome. We invite you to take a piece of bread or a wafer and share that with those around you using the words, the body of Christ given for you, and share the cup as well using the words, the blood of Christ shed for you. Those not receiving the elements may receive a sign of blessing on the forehead. This is the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. The time is drawing nigh. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. The time is drawing nigh. Children,
Christian journey soon be over. Christian journey soon be over. The time is drawing nigh. Christian journey soon be over. Christian journey soon be over. Christian journey soon be over. We give you thanks, gracious God, that you have once again fed us with food beyond compare, the body and blood of Christ. Send us from this place, nourished and forgiven, into your beloved vineyard, guided by the example of the same Jesus Christ and led by the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. May the God of all creation, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who sends us out to bear good fruit, give you reason to rejoice and be glad. And the blessing of God, sovereign Savior and Spirit, be with you today and always. Amen. We sing. final reminder before our dismissal if you are joining with us to worship on Sunday we do have our adult Sunday school class at 10 o'clock we hope you will join with us for that as well and now go in peace bear good fruit thanks be to God